If you have your Bible, open with me to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 13. Thank you for your prayers. It's usually not a problem having a message, but the problem is knowing which one of them is the right one. And, um, but um, today I'd like to preach from 1 Chronicles chapter 13 on this thought, um, doing things God's way. And, and um, you know, sadly, it's very easy for me and, and for you to, to just do things our way. And that's, that's not what honors the Lord. And, and today I'd like to look at that in the Word of God. And so 1 Chronicles chapter 13, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great mercies and your blessings. Forgive our sins and, our, and cleanse our unrighteousnesses and may nothing grieve the Holy Spirit of God from moving during this time of preaching. I think of how the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts preached there by the seashore. And the Bible said there was a woman named Lydia whose heart the Lord opened. God, open our hearts today. And Lord, I pray that you would stir us, but deeper than that, change us. And help us to more and more be conformed into your image, to honor and glorify you, to walk circumspectly, and, and to be holy, to be set apart, and, and to be sensitive to you and your will. Honor your word this morning, and speak to hearts, and help us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First Chronicles chapter number 13. <clears throat> the Bible says, I'm going to read from verse number 1 through verse number 14. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us. For we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so. For the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shihor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Hamath, to bring the ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim. And David went up in all Israel to Bala, that is to Kirjath-Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God, the Lord, that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drave the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came under the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled, and the angel of the Lord, or, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him, because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. 
Wherefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. We know from the book of Exodus and, and God giving the order to, for, to Moses to, to build the tabernacle and to set up this system of the tabernacle and, and the holy place and the holy of holies and that the ark was there and that this was where the presence of the Lord met with the people of Israel. And so this ark represents the, the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord. But as it said here in the passage of scripture, they had not sought unto it in the days of Saul. And David, he was a man after God's own heart. He wanted the presence of God. He wanted the power of God. Just like I believe everybody here wants the presence and the power and the blessing of God in our church and in our lives. But as we see, read this passage of scripture, we can see very clearly that David attempted to have that, but he did not attempt to do it God's way. Let's look deeper into this so we can notice in verse number one and verse number two. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere. Notice here, it didn't say anything about David asking about this to the Lord. And it didn't say anything about him searching the Bible, about God's ways of doing anything. David consulted with people. And David consulted with a lot of people. But David did not consult about what God said. David tried to do something in his own way. As we continue to read, notice in verse number 3. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. David's desire to have this was not wrong. But the way that he went about to do it and to bring it to pass was wrong. Notice the next verse. It said in verse 4, And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of the people. My friend, this shows us right here that the majority can be wrong. We are not to make decisions based off of the majority. We are not to do things for God based off of the majority. We are not to follow God based off of the crowd. We are to follow God based off of his word and what he said. And what is sad in many churches and in many places, people are siding against things that are plainly written in the scriptures. Judges chapter 17, if you'll turn there with me. Judges chapter number 17. In verse number six, in those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. My friend, there wasn't a king there, but they should have been following God. 
Amen? They should have been following what God said. They shouldn't be following a man. They shouldn't be following the crowd. They should follow what the word of God said. Now, if you'll notice with me in Judges chapter 21. Judges chapter number 21. And and you know what was happening here. The people of Israel, they would rebel against the Lord. And then they would end up in some type of captivity and judgment. And God would send a judge to deliver them. And they would say, oh, we're going to follow the Lord. And then that judge would die or go off the scene. And then the people of Israel would end up again in rebellion against God, doing their own thing, their own way. And it was a repetitive cycle that God would send judgment and have to send somebody to, to, to deliver them once they repented. Here in Judges chapter 21, in verse number 25, the Bible said, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. If you want to serve the Lord in the honesty of your heart, if you want to do what is right in the sight of God, we don't make that judgment in our own thinking. The Bible says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. We are to make the judgment of what is right and what is wrong based off of what the Word of God says. That means sometimes God is going to say something that I might not like, but the problem's not with God. The problem is with me. Sometimes God's Word's going to say something that'll rub you the wrong way, but that's not God's fault. That's your fault. We have to repent. We have to open our heart. We have to turn to the Lord. And so we find here, David, he wanted to do a good thing, but he went about it his own way. He sought the counsel of the people and the whole crowd and 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 everybody was for him, but he didn't ask God. He didn't listen to what God had to say about things. If you'll notice with me, we'll read in verse number five. So David gathered all Israel. Did you notice that? All Israel. Wow. Wow. I'm thinking about why there wasn't somebody who stood up and said, hey, this ain't right. Or, sorry, I'm, I'm wondering why there wasn't somebody who, who, who stood up and said, this isn't right. <laughs> Brother Robbie told me, now I got to be careful how I talk. <laughs> Y'all understood me. <laughs> so David gathered all Israel together. All Israel. Now notice verse number seven. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahio drave the cart. Oh, my friend, when God's word tells us how to do something and we try to start a new thing in the word of God, that has never had God's blessing. Look with me in the book of Leviticus chapter number 10. Leviticus chapter number 10 there were some people and they were trying to do a new thing. They were trying to do something a different way than what God said. Leviticus chapter number 10, verse number one through three. And Nadab and and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, these were priests, took either of them his censer and put fire therein. And put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord. That word strange, you know what it means? It means it wasn't according to God's way. It wasn't according to the order that God set in place. They did something that was outside of God's way and order. 
offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. This wasn't according to God. They did this their own way. Verse number two, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. My friend, can you see here now, we have two plain instances in the Bible where God told people his way for something to be done. But they went and did it their own way. And you know what you have? Some dead people. There's going to be consequences that will greatly hurt us if we do not do things God's way. Verse number three. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that the Lord spake. This is what God had to say about it. Saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. My friend, God set the order in place. And God wants us to be set apart unto what he said. And the order unto which he desired. And that's how he desires for us to live and to walk in our life, to operate. Notice with me now, verse number 7 and 8 of 1 Chronicles 13. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might. And with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. Hey, they were excited and happy but they weren't listening to God. Hey, just because there's a lot of noise doesn't mean it's because of God. Notice verse number nine. And when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. Now, Uzzah wasn't trying to do something wrong in his intentions. He was trying to keep something bad from happening, but it wasn't being done God's way. Notice verse number 10. And the anger of the Lord was kindled. Notice the contrast here with me, my friends. All of Israel was rejoicing and dancing and singing. And God was angry. Everybody was making a lot of noise. And God was not happy. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And he smote him because he put his hand to the ark. Because he put his hand to. My friend, when we put our hand to something that is supposed to be of God, we're not supposed to do it our way. We're not supposed to do it just because the crowd or the majority or our friends agree. We are supposed to have respect unto God and to what God said and the way that he said in order. Because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. Notice verse 11. And David was displeased. David was displeased with God. Because David and all of Israel didn't listen to God. My friend, we need to guard our hearts. The Bible talks about guarding our heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us how deceitful our own heart can be. David, a man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, was at a place right here. Listen to where he got. He didn't consult God. He consulted with the crowd and the majority. 
And somebody died because they all disobeyed God. And David was displeased with God. If we're not careful, we could follow our own heart and end up making some major mistakes. The word of God. What did the Bible say? Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. This Bible is supposed to lead what we do, why we do it, how we do it, in every way that we do it. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. Number 12, and David was afraid. And David was afraid of God that day saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? He was afraid of God. You know, friend, perhaps you're in a place in your life where, like David, you did things your own way and you've made mistakes or you have regrets. I'm glad that we have a very merciful God. We have a God who said, come now and let us reason together. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Bible said, what God hath cleansed, let no man call unclean. God can forgive. Perhaps you've been at a place like this, and you know what those consequences they bring? They bring conviction. They bring a realization that I was wrong, or that you were wrong, or that we were wrong. And notice what it said here. And David was afraid of God that day saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? David started to ask questions. What do I do? What do how do I do this the right way? We'll get there in a minute. Look with me in the book of Numbers chapter one. David's asking this question. How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? This pain, this situation, it caused David to start searching. Well, Numbers chapter number one, verse 50 and 51 tells David exactly what he was supposed to do. Numbers chapter number one, verse 50 and 51, but thou shalt appoint the Levites. God set the Levites over all the dealings of the tabernacle. Not the other tribes of Israel, not whoever pleased, not whoever the king set in order. Hey, let me say this right here. The pastor is not God. The pastor does not have authority to change what God said. And any pastor or any leader who will tell you something's okay and God said it's not, that is not right. Amen. The responsibility of the preacher is to execute the counsel of God. To preach what God said. Numbers chapter number one, verse 50 and 51. But thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of testimony and over all the vessels thereof and over all things that belong to it. Do you see that? They are supposed to handle all of it. But that's not what David said in order in 1 Chronicles 13. They shall bear the tabernacle and all the vessels thereof and they shall minister unto it and shall encamp around about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down 
And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. And the stranger, notice this, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Now Uzzah, he was a person of Israel, but he wasn't a Levite. That new cart was not God's design. That, 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 that ark wasn't designed to be put on a cart. That ark was, was designed with rings and a stave was put through it and it was to be carried by the Levites. They didn't do it God's way. Notice with me now, 1 Chronicles chapter 15. 1 Chronicles chapter 15. David had had time to seek God. He had made his mistakes. He had, he had his regrets. He had his errors. And he grieved over them. And he sought the truth. Amen. Notice 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2 through 4. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. Amen. Do you see that? David, he had, last time he consulted all the people. Amen. You know, it's a sad thing in the day and hour we live. And I'm preaching to independent Baptists. I'm not talking about the Catholics, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, or the Jehovah's Witness. Independent Baptist churches. The preacher get up and preach what God said. And people will leave that church and go to another church. What a bad testimony of the other church to be known as a church that doesn't preach what God said. So people who don't like what God said will leave and go to another church. That ain't right. You know what those people need to do? They need to repent. And this is a good place to do it. On the altar. Then David said, none ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. My friend, you and I, we need to be dedicated unto what the Lord hath chosen. Amen. The way that the Lord hath chosen. Amen. It's not always easy. It is not easy to stand up and say, this is what God said, knowing that a large group of people are going to be angry at you. That ain't easy. Verse number three, and David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place, which he had prepared for it. But notice verse number four. Last time he gathered all Israel and just did what he wanted to. But verse number four said, And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites. David set out now to do the right thing God's way. Look with me at verse number 11 through 14. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and for the Levites... For Uriel and Asiah and Joel and Shimeiah and Eliel and Aminadab. And said unto them, ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves. That word sanctify means to be set apart. My friend, God would have you and I to sanctify ourselves. To be set apart from him. Romans chapter number one, verse one. The Apostle Paul said, let me, let me just read the verse so I don't misquote it. Romans chapter number one, verse number one. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. You know, we always hear about, I'm separated from this. I'm separated from that. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't go there. I, and hey, that should be a thing. But Paul was separated unto something. 
He was separated unto the gospel of God. And when the apostle Paul separated himself unto God, it automatically separated him from everything that wasn't of God. The Bible said, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So when we separate unto God, we are separating unto no darkness at all. Think about that. Looking at the sun, it'll blind your eyes. Do you know the sun has dark spots on it? God don't have any dark spots in him. He's holy. He's pure. They were singing about heaven and walking on gold. Hey, that gold they walk on up there, it's not the stuff we wear around our neck down here. The Bible in the book of Revelation said it's, it's like transparent glass. You know what that means? It's purified and purified. It's pure gold. I don't know why I said that. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren. Not just the preacher, not just the deacon, not just the Sunday school teacher, everybody. Amen. Sanctify yourselves. That ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared. Now, I know there's somebody out there going to say, well, well, that's talking to the Levites and they were the priests. Well, Jesus Christ has made us prophets and priests and kings in him. Amen. Amen. That's what we believe as, as, as a Baptist. I don't got to go to the Pope. I like how Dr. Aiken says it. A man that calls himself Papa and dresses like Mama. We don't have to go to him. Hey, you know the Pope calls himself the Vicar of Christ. That means he, he says that he's on this earth in the place of Jesus Christ. No, he's not. No, he's not. The book of Hebrews said that the Son of God is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high in the heavens. And that we, through his blood, have direct access by faith to him. Amen. We don't have to go to no man. I don't know why I said that either. For because ye did it not, verse number 13, for because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us. He realized his mistake. We did not listen to the word of God. We did not do this God's way. For that we sought him not. For that we sought him not after the due order. God has set an order in place, my friend. I'll get back to that in a minute. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord of God, Lord the God, to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. Notice verse number 25, 1 Chronicles chapter 15. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. You go back and read 1 Chronicles 13, there was no joy there. There was a lot of noise and there was a lot of disobedience and there was a lot of their own way. But hey, when we submit ourselves to God, and we, sanct uh, we, uh, we sanctify ourselves. We set apart ourselves unto God. And we seek him and we follow him. It's going to bring joy and peace to our soul. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen. And all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and the, 
and Chenaniah, the master of the song with the singers, David also had upon him an ephod of linen. Notice verse 28. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with sound of cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals, cymbals making a noise with psalteries and harps. They had worship and it was the right way. John chapter 4 teaches us God wants us to worship. And it teaches us how he wants us to worship. In spirit and in truth. Not just in spirit. And not just in truth. But spirit and in truth. I'm almost finished. As I think about doing things God's way. We see here that God's way is dictated to us in his word. He wrote it for us. And we need to be dedicated to seeking to know God's way. Not my way, not your way, God's way. We need great discernment. Discernment comes from the word of God. Look with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 14 But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Well, we know in the Bible when it's talking about meat and when it's talking about milk, it's talking about the word of God. And new babes in Christ, they, they can't handle meat, so they need milk. But somebody who's been saved many, many years should be able to eat some meat. And, and, and by reason of use of the word of God, of studying it, of hearing it, of listening to it, of searching it, it will sharpen our senses to discern good and evil. I, I, I told you last week that quote by Charles Spurgeon, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. Yes, sir. Amen. David wanted to do a good thing, but it wasn't the right way. Yep. And there were major consequences. Just ask Uzzah. He died for it. There will be difficulty if we try to do things God's way. Somebody's going to disagree. Somebody's going to disagree. And there's danger in disobeying God. And it might come swift and it might, it might tarry long. We have, a, we have a merciful God, a long-suffering God. My friend, if you're not doing the right thing the right way, I wouldn't scoff at God and say, I'm just going to stay there. God is withholding his judgment. Amen. Yeah, God is a God of love, and God is a God of mercy. But his most defining character is that he's holy. Yes. His love is holy, and his mercy is holy. Amen. God will judge. Yes. Then may I say this? It's discouraging to watch people disobey God. It's discouraging to see somebody in the church and they've heard the truth and you've, you've worked with them and you've pleaded with them and you prayed for them and you tell them and they, they read it in the Bible and they say, well, I just don't think that's what God meant. But it's written right in the word of God. There's a great deception among people. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that there's going to be those people that they want their ears tickled. They don't want to hear the truth. Well, my friend, you and I have a responsibility for, before God. The book of Ezekiel said that if we, 
That means me, that means you, that means Tabernacle Baptist Church. If we fail to warn both the wicked and the righteous man of their wicked way, their blood will be required at our hands. That means if we fail to tell the lost, their blood's required at our hands. That means if there's somebody in the camp at Tabernacle, a member of Tabernacle, and they're doing wrong, it's our responsibility to try to help them, show them the truth. If not, their blood will be required at our hands. We need to make a decision. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Joshua told the people of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day. I think about many areas that I see as I look around where, where people are not listening to the Lord. The most important is that of salvation. There is a, a plot of Satan to take to, as many people to hell with him as he can. Satan is going to hell, and he has no way of salvation. But God has made a way of salvation for every man. And Satan has set a plot in order with many deceiving doctrines. But if you read this Bible, if you read this Bible, it tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The king of the glory world died to save you and me from hell. And the Bible said that all that come unto him, he won't cast them out. He won't turn them away. As the book of Hebrews said, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. My friend, today, if God moves on your heart, showing you you need salvation and forgiveness, come meet me here at the altar. We'll take the word of God and show you how you can be saved. But then I see other things. Sanctification. Holiness. It's becoming a doctrine that you almost can't talk about anymore. For various reasons. In the past, some people preached it the wrong way, and they were snotty and hateful and mean and rude and arrogant. That's not right. We shouldn't be that way. We should be sweet and kind. We can tell the truth and do right without hurting people and being mean. We should seek, if anything offends somebody, it should be the truth spoken in pure sweetness and love. It shouldn't be my attitude or, or, or something that I did. It should be the word of God. My friend, you have churches where they have rock bands and ladies are running around in skirts that don't even look like skirts. And boys are wearing like skinny jeans and Oh, my. Oh, my. And see, my friend, I didn't get saved when I was four or five. I know the truth about that lifestyle. Amen. That is wicked. God is holy. And when God saves somebody, he changes them. And he wants them to be set apart under righteousness. And unto godliness. Hey, those of you who were raised in church and, and you got saved when you were young, do not be deceived. Amen. It's not greener on the other side. But what, what did the old preacher said? If it looks greener, it's because there's a septic tank under it. Yes, right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> My friend, God wants us to be holy and sanctified and set apart. Amen. 
I think about families. God set the order of families. Now I realize we have people here today that are divorced or divorced or remarried. And listen, I'm not shooting at you. I have friends. I eat with them. I talk to them. I love them and they know that. I'm not throwing rocks at people. And I would never do that. But I am trying at the same time to help other people not end up in that position. My friend, God set an order in place. And if you read Ephesians chapter 5, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. We believe in eternal security here at Tabernacle. But deeper than that, we believe it because it's in the Bible. When Jesus saves somebody, they inherit eternal life. If you can lose it, it wasn't eternal. And the Bible in Ephesians 5 says the covenant of a man and wife is equivalent to that of Christ in the church. Jesus cannot divorce a saved person. And the church cannot divorce Jesus. Now, now if, the church, if, a, if a church full of saved people rebels against Jesus, you won't have harmony with the Lord. You won't have fellowship with the Lord. You won't have the blessing of the Lord. But they didn't lose their salvation. My friend, the order of family is important. You know how many friends I have that tell me many, many years ago their parents divorced and to this day it scars them. And hurts them. Marriage is something to be protected. It is a holy thing. It was designed by God, not the judge at the courthouse. And Jesus said, from the beginning, God designed it. That what God has put together, let no man put asunder. That is God's design. Yeah, there was a bill of divorcement permitted under the law. But why was that? The Lord Jesus Christ said, because of the hardness of their heart. My friend, God wants our heart to be soft, Amen. tender. Amen. Bible said, Ephesians chapter 4, grieve not the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit of God. He wants us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. God set an order. The husband's the head of the home. That does not mean the wife is a doormat. She should be treated as a queen. She should be treated as a queen. She should be fully respected and honored. But the wife is to be submitted to the husband. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 3, you read there in the first seven verses, it talks about the holy women. The holy women. I like that phrase. The holy women. You know what they were? They were submitted to their husband. And when you have a husband that loves his wife as Christ loved the church, and when you have a wife that honors her husband as the church should honor Jesus, you have harmony. You ever listen to somebody sing out a note or out of harmony? It doesn't sound good. But when there's harmony in the home, it's a testimony to the children, to the church. There's a right way, and it's written right here in the word of God. It's not popular. You start telling the truth, somebody's going to get mad at you. May I say this? There's a right way for the church. You read in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Paul said, I've written these things that you might know how to behave yourself in the house of God. There's a right way for the church to go. God set an order in place. May I say there's a right way about relationships with people. 
The Bible says God is concerned about relationships with people to such a place that if there's something between you and somebody else, he said, don't even waste your time coming to the altar. Because until you get it right, he's not going to listen to you. I'm not going to stop preaching that, my friend. Because I want God's blessing and peace here. You got something between you and somebody else, go tell them you love them and make it right. Ask them to come to you at the altar. Ask them to pray with you and you pray with them. You might get a new best friend. May I say this? The Bible tells us there's a way God wants us to live our life. You read through the Bible, it tells us everything he wants out of us. And there's a way that God wants our ministries to operate according to his will. Y'all can come ahead. What do you need from God this morning? If you'll stand with me, heads bowed, eyes closed, we'll, we'll have prayer. The altar's open. The altar's always open here. But what do you need, my friend? God wants us to do the right thing the right way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love, mercies, and grace. Speak to hearts and may the will of the Lord be done. I pray if there's anybody not saved that you would bring them to salvation. Have thine own way, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thou my everlasting portion, more than friend or life to me. All along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let Amen. me walk with Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee. Close to thee all along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee, not for ease or worldly pleasure, not for fame, my prayer shall be gladly will. I toil and suffer, only let me walk with Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee. Gladly will I toil and suffer, only let me walk with thee. Amen. Well, let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. May you continue to work in hearts, all of them, including mine, Lord. Help us to walk with you and do things pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you all tonight.